The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, and thank you for listening. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. I'm Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined with Jerry Karaya, and we've got a lot to cover today, Jerry. We want to talk about building a portfolio in gold and silver, also talk about an exit strategy. Let's talk about what the experts have to say in general. What, what does it mean to listen to the experts? And, of course, why own gold? Before we jump into that, and I know you've got some articles as well, I want to start with uh, some comments on YouTube. It's great. We've been starting to to get a lot of comments, um, wonderful comments. I, I love what we're seeing. But I saw three um, that came across that I thought we should touch upon um, just to give some some feedback on. So the first one, Jerry, was someone was listening and they said, it's always a buying opportunity. <laughs> it's always a buying opportunity with you guys. So let's let's get into that. I think that comes with the the building a portfolio in gold and silver and talking about an exit strategy. So it's not always about buying opportunities with us. It's a question of when that, that exit strategy is going to be a part of the overall scheme. So let's talk about uh, exit strategies, shall we? Yeah, good idea. All right, let's get started. First, we want to build that portfolio to, to understand what the exit strategy means. For you, Jerry, what, is, what does it mean to build a, a gold and silver portfolio? So if someone comes to you for the first time and says, where do I start? What do, what would you, what, where would you guide them? Always with a little bit of both. Obviously, you want to have some gold and some silver in the account. And for myself, uh, traders, investors, they, they tend to just look at the silver to gold ratio. And right now, Silver is very undervalued versus gold, so having more silver than gold is the way I position it. It's just to keep it very simple. And what about yourself? Oh, you jumped ahead on me there in terms <laughs> of in terms of dividing the portfolio too. Um, I see it in in sort of three ways. Mm -hmm. The first is building up a cash component of your precious metal portfolio, meaning you might have some cash on hand for a rainy day. You should have some physical gold and silver on hand for a rainy day. Sure. Um, for me, <clears throat> the, the goal for me was always, let's get 10, 15 ounces of gold into a safety deposit box and hope I never have to touch it, right? Um, that's it, It's obviously a lot more expensive today to get to the 10, 15 ounces. But um, to me, that was a, always a great place to start. And then for cash component at home, you know, people always have some cash on hand for a rainy day, uh, maybe have some tubes of maples on hand for a rainy day. And then once you've completed that kind of cash purpose of the portfolio, mm -hmm. now you might start looking to diversifying the overall portfolio. So maybe you start to look at the investment side of things. Mm -hmm. And that's where we see a lot of people moving pensions over, moving RSPs over. It's really their investment side of the portfolio. Mm -hmm. So with that, the typical um, advising is to have 10, 15% allocated to precious metals. Actually, there was a great article I used to send people all the time. It, it was from 2017, but it was from Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. And they had um, an editorial and uh, the, the the author decided to put the put the hedge to the task, mm -hmm. right? What does it mean to put 10, 15% gold in the portfolio? And um, he was pretty negative on gold, but in the end he said, you know what? 
it actually is a really good hedge. It, it improved the portfolio overall, but by, by I think about 10%. Mm -hmm. So, and that was in 2017. So that, that was good. And then I think beyond that, now you start to go into maybe a 10, 15% allocation for your net worth. In other words, using gold and or silver as a hedge against, against your real estate, mm -hmm. right? The idea that, you know, what if, what if they call the loan? Right, you want to have some assets, not just cash, on hand to 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 handle those sorts of things. I, I know people have mortgage insurance and and that sorts of sort of thing, but at some point you could start to to think of it in terms of what's my net worth. I should have ten, fifteen percent of gold and silver as part of my net worth. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of an exit strategy, you know, there's a few different things that you can look at. What are some of the things that you look at for, for your clients? Well, yeah, it goes back to the silver to gold ratio. And I okay. start with the silver to gold ratio because yes, it's a good buy to, to maybe start and get a little bit more aggressive with silver and own more silver than gold. And then when the ratio tightens to 30 to 1, 15 to 1, 12 to 1, who knows? Uh, that's when the strategy would be to employ a sell on some silver to roll it into then gold, which now would be on sale. Or silver to real estate index, silver that can buy you another hard asset for your overall portfolio, looking to other investments. But it's always a foundation of gold and silver um, as the foundation of a portfolio. As we remind uh, viewers to check out the Exter's Pyramid for, uh, for wealth, um, power money is at the bottom of that pyramid and power money happens to be your physical gold and silver. Which is, what you, which is what you build the upside down pyramid uh, leading up to more risky assets. The bottom foundational piece is your gold and silver. So as long as you have your gold and silver, your insurance for the portfolio, go off and, and take more risk. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. We're talking about how to build a precious metals portfolio in order to understand how to exit the precious metal portfolio down the road. Now for us, Jerry, I think, and a lot of clients know this, we'll say this to them, that we know at some point when gold and silver become a good value, they're no longer undervalued, that there will probably be a mass exodus from the market. And at that point, you know, we were talking about this just before the, just before we went on air, that the idea is that hopefully by that point, people will also understand that they really should have 10, 15% al allocated in, in precious metals. So when you were talking earlier about, okay, well, if you know you have a, a certain amount of silver, certain amount of gold, the ratio narrows, right? The amount of silver it takes to buy an ounce of gold becomes less. Right now it's in probably in the 70 ratio. If that comes down closer to the historic norm of 15 to one, 16 to one, then that would be a good time to convert to gold. Or that might be a time where you say, okay, I'm going to sell all my silver at that point because I have my gold mm -hmm. as the 15% of my portfolio. So all of the silver I'm happy to sell and go into the other uh, risky assets, or maybe they don't feel so risky anymore. Maybe mm -hmm. if the ratio between gold and the Dow has come down from you know, 11, 12 to 1, down to 3 to 1, down to 1 to 1, Mm -hmm. then it becomes pretty clear it's time to sell a lot of gold and mm -hmm. move into the move into the real estate market right That's equally right. right now it takes a lot of ounces of gold to buy a house at some point you know you could bring that at some point gold will take off and it all of a sudden becomes a lot less gold mm -hmm. right the purchasing power of gold increases and so you can you can sell some of your gold to 
to go and buy real estate that's perhaps, right? right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's the idea there. Now, not everyone is holding 10, 15% though. I mean, wh where did that come from? <laughs> it was a study, well, I think it came from a study. There was a good study that was done in 2009 by the Ibbotson Associates, uh, foremost leaders in asset allocation models. And they concluded that, yes, just like this article, the Bloomberg article that you noted back in 2017, it was Marco Mann um, who wrote that article. Um, he also, uh, you know, his results uh, were the same for the Ibbotson results that prove that without an allocation to physical gold or silver, your portfolio is simply not diversified whatsoever. And but, so they took into things like, you know, what are the debt situation look like globally? What does the inflation rate look like globally? Um, what are the risks happening? Geopolitics, what's going on in the world? Back then, in 2009, they concluded, yes, you should have up to 15%. That was then, though. So today, with much more debt, much more geopolitical issues, uncertainties, distrust, mistrust, uh, the allocation has been a lot higher. And our clients want more than 15%. I'm, much more, I'm a lot higher than 15%. Um, and I don't blame them. Yeah, and you know, uh, there there's uh, someone we follow in the industry, Egon von Greyerts, out of uh, Matterhorn Asset Management in Switzerland. Yes, um, great, uh, great writer, right. uh, great leader for mm -hmm. the, for the market. For the um, I really yes. enjoy his writings, and also um, he's got someone else working with him now who's doing incredible writing as well. His right. name uh, escapes me at the moment, but um, you know, he's a sound money enthusiast. He has been very open um, in certain interviews about how the wealthy are are diversifying their money, and I think with Matterhorn, I think the minimum is four hundred thousand dollars. So it is really the top one percent are are investing with him or acquiring gold and silver with him and storing. And he talks about the fact openly that most of them have way past fifteen percent. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to an exit strategy, it's exiting into what. Where do we go from there? What does the world look like? And um, unless the ratios then uh, make sense for us to you know, sell my silver and maybe get into an, an undervalued stock market, yes, that would make more sense. Uh, but to sell it today, where do we put our mark? Where do we put our money right now? Uh, the IMF just uh, came out with a report that uh, the Canadian real estate market is overvalued by 39 40%. CMHC says we're, um, you know, highly, there's a lot of risks in real estate. So where else do we go from here? Um, we have to look at what's undervalued. And right now, gold and silver are last to that party. So this is a perfect buying opportunity. So it is a buying opportunity in the market. <laughs> right Sorry, back, right still, it, still yes. a great buying opportunity. <laughs> but again, we've got, we've given you some exit strategies. There's other, certainly other um, factors that you can look at for the exit strategy. But we do provide those exit strategies with our customers and, and teach them how to do this and teach them for what to look for in the market so that they, um, one of the things that we often are, are teaching and prescribing is this idea of, of looking at other aspects of the market so that you're not caught up on price. Mm -hmm. It's understanding the value, it's understanding the the ratios, the ratio of the portfolio, the ratio gold to silver, the ratio of gold to the Dow, gold to real estate, silver to real estate, silver to the Dow, mm -hmm. all of these things to get a sense of value, but none of these things are directly affected by the specific price itself. So that ultimately you can derive that value and then look at some of the technical sides of the market to decide are they all falling in line at the same time.
So with that, we're going to go uh, take a quick break, and then we're going to uh, look at some of these other comments and also look at uh, the experts in the market. What does this all mean? The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. At Guildhall, we only deal in physical precious metals, gold, silver, uh, platinum, as well as natural fancy colored diamonds, which we'll talk a little bit about later in the show. But it always has to be physical. And before we get into this idea of listening to the experts, Jerry, uh, there was another great comment on um, on the YouTube uh, channel talking about the that someone I guess there was a discussion going on and someone was saying the difference isn't between non-allocated versus allocated in terms of you know the SLV and what's happening with that but it, it's between the PSLV which is Sprott's uh, ETF which is physical versus the SLV or GLD which is paper right mm -hmm. and I think you know anyone who knows about Guildhall knows that we actually take that whole whole setup one step further because for us it is about allocated right it's not about backing your quote-unquote investment with physical product but actually allocating that physical product to the client themselves mm -hmm. specifically in the registered accounts where the client gets their own inventory report where they know that it's in the sub account so it's a, basically a warehouse receipt to say these are the specific products that you hold Mm -hmm. And that's probably the most um, sought after thing when when someone calls us. Can I take it home? Can I go visit it? Is it there for me? Yes, it's in an RSP. But at the end of the day, if I need to get it, if I need to do a withdrawal, can I get physical or is it converted to the cash and then I get the cash? No, you're getting physical. This is the whole. This is the most important thing. If you're going to be acquiring. Insurance, you better have the policy, as we say. You need the physical uh, because central banks, we know around the world, minus Canada, need physical gold in their reserves at all times so that they have independence from runaway currencies, hyperinflating currencies, and liquidity. Those are the two things that they need, and, and that's a general rule. So if you don't have the physical and if it's not in your name, um, you know you, you should question it. And, and talk to someone here at Guildhall about it. Yeah, and the idea within the registered account as well is that, okay, most people, let's be honest, they don't want to pay the withholding tax in order to remove the product. But the point that we're consistently getting across is that if you do want to pay that, that withholding tax, then that's it. You pay the withholding tax, there's a small cost to ship it to you, mm -hmm. but there's no convertibility cost. You're getting the bars that are on your inventory report. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is something that gives um, a sense of, you know, allows you to go to sleep at night. Yeah, right? it's, awesome. <laughs> it's awesome to be given that option of, you know, if you want the physical, you, you can take it home or you can sell it and take the proceeds uh, in cash. Yeah, and one of the most frustrating things about COVID and the protocols has been that we haven't been able to invite 
clients to go to the vault to personally audit their holdings because it was such a unique experience and we we invite it we want people to be able to do it and unfortunately during covid you know uh there's that that risk that you have to protect the 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 staff at the vault mm-hmm. and um you know they've they've limited the amount of people coming in and out of the vault so they've had to to limit that as well it's not something we want to limit Unfortunately, it is uh, what's happening right now. Speaking of of COVID, Jerry, um, you know, I think after a year of, I think a lot of people are reflecting because it's been about, it's been over a year at this point, just over a year. And people are looking, you know, in in the rear view mirror, what they've experienced over the last year. And I think they're starting to really question what's going on. You know, this idea that, that the politicians just simply deferred to the experts, right, and shut everything down, the economy down, and didn't think about any of the other consequences. Um, meanwhile, the experts were taking their advice from World Health Organization, which, you know, if you're looking at that, you realize, well, they're taking their cues from the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. And so how, how much are we willing to trust those experts in that regard? Um, and I think, I think the takeaway is that the experts we've trusted to keep us safe have shown themselves at the end of the day to be either completely inept because nothing's changed. Nothing. We're still on the verge in, here in Ontario of another lockdown, mm-hmm. or they're threatening that, um, or they're criminally negligent. And we can't decide which one, which which it is, mm-hmm. right? We don't know when they're actually going to testify to to their their decision making. And what I've personally noticed as well is that the media in terms of this have done nothing but propagate fear because it, it's great for ratings. That's that, right. Th- that's my opinion. No, you're what, what, are, right. what are your thoughts on Everywhere it? Everywhere you turn, you can go to any network and it's the same narrative, sometimes exactly the same. They're using the same verbiage, the same sentences that they're, they're using. Um, oh, did you see that clip where they took the, yeah, they did. took like 30, 30 sub networks yeah. and they all had the exact same narrative speech. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was crazy. I mean, you can't deny seeing that video. Um, they're, they're saying the same things um, in order to, yes, yeah, stoke fear because with, with fear, um, you know, you, you become paralyzed. You don't want to make any moves. Um, and that's where they can, they can release whatever mandate, whatever policy they want to impose onto people. So um, we have to. Kind of at this time, yes, do reflect, look back. Has anything changed? No, let's let's start making a move. Yeah, and what have we learned, right? And it just seems like the politicians, again, and just deferring everything to the experts, you know, where's the backbone in all of it? Mm-hmm. You just feel like, where's the backbone? And, and you just feel it now uh, bubbling over where people are completely fed up with, with what they're seeing. And, you know, we're, we're about to get to where this has anything to do with gold and silver. And the question is, is what do you have to show for it after a whole year of, of just blindly listening to the experts? And that is you've got gargantuan increased spending. You've got, what, increased suicides. You've got increase in substance abuse, increase in violence, increase in inflation. And it's all not over yet. You know, yeah. p- people are still getting money from the government. The government's about to pull the bun- punch bowl away and stop putting money into the bond market and stop paying out for all of this. So they're about to say, you're on your own, mm-hmm. right? And what is that going to look like? It starts to make me think, you were mentioning in the last segment about the 70s, you know, I think we're starting to, to see 
the quagmire of the 70s, um, you know, rear its ugly head again, where you've got stagflation, where all of a sudden the economy doesn't have GDP. Oh, and by the way, they're taxing us, mm-hmm. right? And raising, you know, they're putting through the carbon tax and they've already started to raise tax and Biden's start looking at crazy raise taxes <laughs> to pay for, Huge. to pay for, for, um, infrastructure, infrastructure yeah. which who knows, who knows how, how rich people are going to get off that. And, but what a waste of money it's going to be through all of it, right? Cause it's always just a waste of money at the end of the it day. Some things get done, some things get done, but it's like at what price? Mm-hmm. You know, Huge so, cost. so I think the idea of listening to the experts becomes one of, well, where's the transparency with the experts? Show me, talk to me like a real person. Don't just, don't just propagate fear in our, in our way. You know, at Guildhall, when we're talking, you know, being experts, having been in the market for a decade and a half, that the idea is, what have we learned from it? What have we read? We're here to be honest with people. We're here to teach you why gold is important to have in your in your portfolio, and for people to do their own research. Mm-hmm. There's there's enough out there that people can can. And the best part is, is there's a conversation. Right. There's actually a conversation in the gold and silver market. We're talking about some of the people who are are uh, part of that conversation in our YouTube group right now, and the idea is that you can actually have a free flowing. Uh, exchange of ideas and get to the bottom and figure out what's right for you. So important to be able to, um, you know, glean from uh, in the midst of all of the noise um, to really think for yourself. And and you can even you know draw enough information to make your own make your own conclusion and come to a conclusion where you know it, it comes to a point where I have to kind of mute all of the noise. You know, trust your gut, trust where we are right now, and and, and see the trend of where this is headed. What is the next step? Where do you think this is going? And once you play this game of chess and, and really understand that you're in the game and you're one of the pawns, you need to make your own decisions. You need to make the best move for your, not only just for yourself, you're in this for your family, uh, for most people, uh, f- generational wealth. And, and this is just one part of preparedness, prepare with other things. Um, but in, in, in terms of, uh, you know, safeguarding your wealth 100% gold and silver and natural fancy color diamonds all the way and you know when we're talking about listening to the experts let's talk about what other experts politicians listen uh, listen to right and defer to mm-hmm. and that is the economic experts I mean uh, I, oh my gosh I, sometimes it, it I have to pinch myself and I knock myself over just remembering that Janet Yellen is now the Treasury Secretary and I heard her speak the other day, and I, I was just, oh my, I, I, think, I think her tone of speaking is practiced. I think she's learned that mm-hmm. on purpose. If I just talk in the most monotone, stuttering of ways, then I could probably baffle anybody, mm-hmm. right? Where BS baffles brains. Yeah. I really feel like that, that because let, listen, she never had a job. She's a pure academic. She couldn't see the housing crisis when she was the head of the San Francisco Fed, right? right? Which was which was ground zero, uh, almost for the subprime mortgage crisis. So you know, let's not give her too much credit. It's very easy for a, a chairman of the Federal Reserve to sit there and say, "Eh, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to keep rates where they are," mm-hmm. you know. But by the way, we're happy to print money, and the Fed has printed so much money. They're at, they're at close to eight trillion dollars already. <laughs> when do you start to lose faith in the Fed? Anyway. I digress on on Janet Yellen. The fact is, is most of the times the economic experts that the government is paying attention to and deferring to as as with regards to the whole economy are 
alumni of some of the largest global banks. And uh, the question I have is, how is that working out? Not working out one bit. That's for sure. You know, what do we, what do we have to show for it? You've got, uh, you've got out-of-control debt, which everyone can see now with, with COVID. You've got inflation. Don't tell me there's no inflation. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me that your gas prices haven't gone up, that your food prices haven't gone up, that, oh, okay, that your real estate prices haven't gone up. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, and investors, this is where it really starts to get me. I, I kind of witness and notice that investors, there's this now a trend that all investors believe that gains have to be immediate. They, it's like, Very no, true. It, it, it all has to be immediate, that it's all the fear of missing out. That is the driver of investments now. It's, well, I can't miss out on this. I can't miss out on that. And since all of the assets are all completely overvalued, except for gold and silver, um, you know, no one pays any attention to it. Mm -hmm. it, it. They've become immune to it. Yeah. Right. They don't pay attention to it anymore. The fact that all of these stocks are completely overvalued, the real estate's overvalued. They don't seem bothered by it as if it can just last forever. You know, I always think of the roadrunner running off. Mm -hmm. They just haven't looked down yet, <laughs> you know, right. but it's going to happen. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, the, the fear of missing out is a, is a huge trend, especially in the crypto space. I know I got caught up in it last. Uh, was it 2017, 18? I understand it very well. It's a very strong emotion, and we ha and as far as investing goes, emotions aside, trust the gut, understand what people are are, are doing. Uh, and I saw an article this week about the Russian National Wealth Fund thinking about you know the econ economists. Um, they are they are totally diversifying away from U.S. dollars, and they're turning to gold. The National Wealth Fund falls under the direction of the Russian Finance Ministry. So the Russian government is mandating, and now the National Wealth Fund is actually, uh, their main purpose is to support the nation's pension system. So they are mandating, let's do something responsible. Let's, in light of all of the inflation coming, let's own some physical gold in our fund. And I, again, I turn to Canada. Reminds me of when I tried to own some gold with my financial planner. He said, why do you want to do such a stupid thing? There's no yield. Uh, there's there's risk in holding it, all of this jazz. And I, you know, as soon as you tell me to not to do something, I'm going to do it. And that's <laughs> what pushed me to gold. But besides that, uh, it turned me to what's going on in the CPP. And we'll talk about this later on, the Canadian Pension Plan. But the C.D. Howe Institute, the number one think tank in Canada, in 2000 and I believe six or seven, uh, had a paper about what's going. On. Why can't Canada own some physical gold in their pensions? And that was way back when, um, forecasting issues, forecasting inflation, forecasting today, what we see in Canada today, if we only had some gold in the pensions. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We're talking about physical precious metals, how they can protect a portfolio. We've been talking about the fact that it's been tough to look at the experts and uh, what they've been um, 
prescribing to everyone and we're looking back and saying, how well did that work? Listening to the experts in this case, uh, you, you know, you look at the media and they seem only interested in fear um, at this point. I have a tough time personally watching it at, at, at this point. In the economic media or finance media, I should say, it's complete opposite. It's all about calm. Mm -hmm. It's all about we're just going to give you an air of calm and anyone with a few brain cells is looking at that saying, what are you hiding? Mm -hmm. I mean, anyone can look at, at the overvaluations and sure, as long as the Fed keeps printing money, it can keep going into that market. So you could have a hyperinflationary stock market. Who knows? Now, what you were saying, Jerry, is that um, the pension fund in in Russia, I believe, or the, the, the government body looking that handles the pension plan is looking to hold gold. Mm -hmm as a hedge to all of this type of stuff? Yeah, so it's just a contrast between the experts, experts here versus the experts there. Um, you know, we're all people. We all have to experience the same things. We all have to eat and shop and enjoy life. Um, but one, you know, some experts are recommending gold. So I just um, thought it would be very important, and I think we'll talk about that more next week. You know, speaking of, um, you know, we've, we've mentioned a couple times the sort of the 70s, and I think it's becoming more important now. And I, I think about how gold and silver performed in the 70s, because oftentimes you just think about the one run up in 1980, mm -hmm. right? But what about what gold did as soon as it was lifted from the gold standard and it basically ran from $35 an ounce to $200 an ounce mm -hmm. by 1976, and then it dropped down to 100, which is still like two and a half times gain right. in, in the market. And then within another four years, it moved up to $850. So if you were to look at the overall decade and how gold would have protected you during times of stagflation and inflation and, uh, you know, capping, right, controls on, on goods and, and prices, price fixes and all of that stuff, at the end of the day, gold did exactly what it needed to do. That's right. Not only that, but by the time, by the time we entered the 80s, and gold had gone to $850, it had been one of the largest wealth transfers in history. Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that that is something that can happen again. It's just a question of looking at what everyone is doing and thinking, is this, is, is this right? Is this madness? Let's, let's think a little bit outside the box and a little outside the mainstream, even though I, I believe gold and silver are going more mainstream these days. Absolutely. They, they certainly are. Um, looking at um, people in even sectors of communities that are that haven't discussed gold at, 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 at length are now turning to towards physical gold and silver for a reason, and that reason has to do with the things that we can see every day, which is inflation and, and loss of purchasing power. Um, and thanks to the show, the Real Money Show, we're, I think we're doing a really good job of, of giving the Canadians some information that uh, is that uh, can go a long way. Now, one thing we haven't discussed yet on the show, um, we are recording today on Wednesday. Um, the show will be uh, posted on Saturday. But one thing we haven't talked about is the fact that the price has come down. Yeah. That, um, that uh, hey, look, silver bulls don't panic, right? Exactly. When, when the going gets, gets tough, the tough gets stacking. Uh, we're seeing a lot of buyers into the market today. The phone's ringing, a lot of buzzing at the mm -hmm. door. Um, 
And uh, but ultimately, look, even with higher premiums, it's still down a couple dollars. Mm-hmm. It's still a chance to buy a little bit cheaper. Um, finally, in Canadian dollars, able to get silver sub thirty dollars with the premiums. Uh, so I think that that's that's been a great buying opportunity. Are you finding the same thing, Jerry? I think this this month, the last couple of weeks have have been an amazing opportunity, and it, it, there is you know a lot of things happening behind the scenes, especially with the Federal Reserve that are that are causing this type of run up and setup for precious metals. Uh, one of them happened to be this yield curve control. So today, yes, we're we're recording uh, on March thirty first. It's Wednesday, um, and Happy Easter and Passover to those who are celebrating. Um, but this yield curve control is a topic that has come up, and today is the the end of a of a, of a technique that the the Federal Reserve launched at the beginning of COVID last year, and it's called the uh, supplementary leverage ratio, the SLR, and what it is, it basically um, has to do with um, liquidity, obviously, with the banks um, and how they view uh, their their ability to print money. So they took away. So there's a thing called this ratio, the supplementary leverage ratio. And what it is, it's a ratio of assets versus leverage. And they've removed some of those um, assets. Is this one of those things, Jerry, where they basically allow you to have less collateral? Yeah, it basically gave them the ability to remove U.S. Treasuries and excess, excess reserves at the Fed from leverage calculations. So they are permitting them uh, to print more, to... Uh, Require um, you know to print more debt, and uh, this deadline comes to an end today. Um, so what happens is this yield curve control to keep the ten-year Treasury yield down can't happen until they deal with this expiration today's date. Um, so there's a lot of writers that are waiting for this to happen because once they do this, once they extend this, um, which will likely they will likely do, um, they can implement yield curve controls. Okay. Drop that ten-year Treasury yield. Okay. And silver and gold are off to the races. So this is your buying opportunity because as of today, um, this writer who wrote this uh, back in March 15th from Seeking Alpha, Alpha, his name is Astro Astrolib. He's a writer, and he is explaining this in depth of what this means. And imagine, you know, if this is this is a lot of jargon, I know, but it's very similar to TDS and GDS ratios for mortgages. When the banks want to lend you something, they look at what you're making, your income versus your debts and your credit card debts and line of credits. Imagine the bank removed your credit, your, 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 your debts, one or two. They'd lend you more. They'll lend you more. This is exactly what they've done. Little tricks and twists, but um, they can't, this has to end and the yield curve control will come to play and silver and gold are going to be off to the races. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Stay with us. We're going to talk about more about the the dip in the market right now and the opportunity that that provides for you. Again, the number one eight seven seven eight silver. You're listening to the Real Money Show on Global News Radio six forty Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Remember, if you're looking to acquire physical precious metals, please visit us at guildhallpreciousmetals.com. That's our e-store. Or you can acquire directly from us. You just give us a call at one eight seven seven eight silver 
or you can also look to have some physical precious metals in your registered accounts. Um, maybe you have a pension that you've been holding that isn't performing very well. Maybe you want to put it into your RESP for, for one of your kids. Um, maybe you've got a, a TFSA where, you know, you've, you know, we see a lot of, at Guildhall people have sold some real estate or sold some, some assets and they're not quite ready to jump into the stock market, aren't happy having less than 1% gains at the bank. And so they decide, hey, let's go put it, put the, the funds into the TFSA and hold some physical gold and silver. Now, with that said, we are seeing a dip in the price, Jerry. We're seeing silver around 20, just over $24 an ounce. So we did break below that $25 price range. Uh, gold just dipped below the $1,700 price range. And uh, it, it has that kind of, of feeling uh, pre-COVID when silver had that slam down. And right after that slam down, it was really off to the races, except that Silver went down to 11, not 24. Mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts on this pullback in the market? It has all to do with the, the yield curve control that they want to implement and this extension of the SLR, the supplementary liquidity ratio that the Fed. So as soon as the Fed extends this SLR, this writer wrote two weeks ago, and begins yield curve control, its balance sheet is obviously going to burst higher once again. And gold and silver are most likely to fly higher as they tend to do when the Fed balance sheet spurs higher that would be bad for the sizable short position of the swaps category on the futures markets as we see jp morgan is one of these banks along with goldman sachs morgan stanley and others all subject to slr restrictions on holding treasuries when they come uh, coming april 1st in any case the pace that we're seeing since covid and even since january has been faster of them covering these short positions so these little dips happen so they can cover knowing that you know, the, the, they will implement this uh, this new uh, yield curve controls, and they they won't be uh, uh, they won't be burned. These banks will not be burned as as hard. So, Jerry, what you're saying is that uh, what this what the Fed is doing here, one of these tools that they're trying to use to get more leverage into the system and be able to print more money because they don't have to worry about as much collateral as as it were or different debts, that it's going to help them push the yield the yield curve down get the interest rates down which which does what gives gives the impression that everything's fine mm -hmm. well they've been increasing they've been it's all algorithm plays so as soon as the yield the 10 year yield starts to rise that drops gold because the banks uh, the, the algorithms say well we got to chase yield now gold offers quote unquote no yield except so, so it gives them the opportunity to cover their shorts but the problem with that is that at some point you end up like Greece did in 2000, what was it, 2012, right? Where interest rates going up is not a reflection of a good thing. It's a reflection of risk. Mm -hmm. And how can anyone not look at the amount of debt in the system and say, oh, well, higher interest rates mean, um, mean there's value there? Yes, there's a certain point, right? There's a certain point where higher interest rates are a good thing, they're a good sign, 6%, 7%. Mm -hmm. Once you start going much, much higher and into double digits, it's a, it's a sign of risk. That's right. It's actually a sign of, of there's a reason you're going to get this much return, right? And I think that, that giving a signal of 1% or 2% to the market or, well, just not negative, mm -hmm. is somehow a good sign. That seems ridiculous. 100% it, it, it is. That's a ridiculous ploy. So this article just basically summarizes it's because of the short positions that they're that these bullion banks, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, they need to cover these these short positions, 
and and reduce their risks. But even more so, a, a bigger risk, again, that silver is the Achilles heel, the silver and the gold, they're disappearing. The physical is being removed out of the market. So this this uh, charade, this, this big act is going to come to a, a complete halt. Do you, do you think that um, this pullback in the market, even just to you know the $24 level on silver, is going to be enough to get some of these short positions lowered? Do you think we'll look back next week and we'll see that they've covered some of these short positions? Oh, they did. I mean, if you look back at the caught, the caught reports up to March 8th, they did cover quite a bit. They've been doing that for over two months now two months now with a lot of gusto. Um, so they've been doing it as much as possible, but now that this this deadline is, is here, uh, they're going to have to, um, that's pretty much going to come to an end for these, covering these shorts. Yeah, you know, anytime I see a pullback in, in the market, I always think that, um, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. I always feel that pullbacks in the gold and silver market are are a sign of desperation on the part of the the financial system, yeah. whether it's the Fed or or the bullion banks themselves. Um, you know, yeah, it's a money maker, but to me, it's more of a desperate desperate thing. And um, I think it's just a great great opportunity for anyone who hasn't entered the market or is looking to cost average. It's a great time to to get more into the market. And if you if you have your allocation and you're happy with your allocation then you know you don't have to feel like it's a complete missed opportunity or you just you know you sit with it and you, ha you have a little bit of patience i have found a little bit that again this idea that people don't want to wait for anything mm -hmm. right my son is just getting into the tortoise and the hare loves the tortoise and the hare and it's such a good reminder of of Steady wins the race, right? Slow right. And Slow and steady wins the race, and that's certainly the way with gold and silver. They're up eleven percent a year on average for the last twenty years, and natural fancy color diamonds, same thing. Slow and steady wins the race. We'll talk about more in that about that over the next few weeks. But slow and steady has won, has won the race with hard assets. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to go. Yeah, calm heads will prevail, and I guess again, as long as we understand and put in place our why, our purpose, and why we're doing this. This is the foundation, and this is uh, going to be here for the long haul. Um, you know, It's not about uh, the return on, on my money. It's the return of my money, and you want to be able to know that this wealth is going to be here for generations to come. You've been listening to The Real Money Show. We've been talking about how to hold physical precious metals in the portfolio um, you know, the going gets tough, the tough gets stacking. Yep. And silver bulls don't panic. Never. And we can't wait to speak to you again next week on The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.